0: If you're in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, if you guys remember our key word in chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6 has been the word walk, right? We're to walk differently than the ways of the world and we're to be set apart from the ways of the world. And we looked at five ways that we should walk and last week we learned the six way that we should walk and that is we should walk submissively and why walk in submission one to another because well we learn that that brings unity that brings harmony in our relationships with each other but not just each other but with the Lord himself because in marriage we we're talking about marriage last week is it's it's three the three kind of the picture of the three and one right where we're, it's three of us in our, our marriage relationship it's you it's the Lord you and your your spouse and so um, there was three areas that we mentioned that we desperately need this unity this harmony in and that was number one in our marriage relationship number two in our family relationship and number three in our business relationship and it seems you know, most of our spiritual battles really stem from these three areas. And so we really need the Lord in these areas. We really need God's grace um, really just pouring out on our lives in these three areas. And But praise the Lord, you guys can glorify God in these three areas. You can choose to allow these to be a bummer or choose to give God the glory uh, in these areas. And so um, we looked at the marriage relationship um, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21, all the way to 33, and we saw that God gave two commands as it pertains to the marriage relationship. And it's very, very simple. It was written to two specific people. Number one, to the wives, and that was one command, to submit. Uh, to the husbands, that was one command, and that was to love. And that's very, very simple. And I love that about the Word of God, how it's not so complicated. And uh, it, it's very simple. But yet, uh, it could be very, very hard at times. Even though it's simple, it's, it could be very hard. And the reason why it's hard is because of our flesh, right? We, we get in the way And it becomes hard, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit to fill us, to draw us near uh, at those times. And if you guys remember, uh, last week we talked about the only way that we can be obedient uh, to this command specifically is through the filling of the Holy Spirit, right? And you guys remember in Ephesians 5, verse 18 In the middle there, or at the end, it says, but be filled with the Spirit. And so this is the only way that we can be obedient to the Lord. And it's grace on our part. Um, Your marriage needs to be a work of the Spirit. It, It can't be a work of the flesh. The more you work at it... The more you're going to realize that the air the, the, the <laughs> the, that the flesh brings, the fruit of the flesh is going to be destructive, and it's going to leave a path no matter where you are. And so uh, we need, as a body of believers, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Our way of thinking is different. Our hearts need to be different. Our response needs to be different. And thus, that's why we're in the Word today. It's the, it's the Lord reminding us how we ought to be in our relationship to one one to another. And so um, let's talk about the other two uh, relationships that we need to be submissive to uh, in. And in order to glorify the Lord, if you guys are like me, I find myself in my prayer life always being like, oh Lord, you know, I want to, I want to glorify you, you know, pick me, you know, that's me, Lord, me, me, right here, <laughs> I want to be used by you, I want to glorify you, I want to, I, want to, I want to be pleasing in your sight, what can I do? And I always think in my mind, God's going to just say, boom, I want you to do this, but in reality, he's saying, just, just read my word, I have everything there for you, and right here is one of those things, if you want to glorify God, He's giving us the instructions on how to give him that glory. And so let's just look at chapter 6, look at verse 1. It says in Ephesians, "'Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth.'" And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatever uh, good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free, and you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Um, Man, this is intense. So the the first four verses are really dealing with the the family relationship. Uh, Verse 5 all the way to verses 9... Um, deal with the business relationship. And so let's look at the family relationship. Paul is really addressing two members of the family here. And he speaks to, number one, the children in verses 1 to 3. And then in verse 4, he's going to speak to the fathers. And there are two commands for the children uh, in dealing with this family relationship. Let's look at them. Number one, the first command given to the children is obedience. Notice, go back to verse 1, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So notice that this is not addressed to you, parents, right? It, it, Paul's talking to the children, and this ministered to me. I, I stopped there for a moment, and I was thinking, okay, what was Paul thinking when he was writing this? When he, it, What was happening at that time? Well, People, the church in Ephesus were bringing their children to church. How cool is that right they They knew the importance of bringing their children to the Lord in a sense right by bringing their children to the Word of god and I love that and it's I understand it 's the father 's job to lead to guide to protect um, and and really it's that 's why it 's our responsibility as fathers to to uh bring our children to the lord and in verse 4 paul he's going to address the fathers and it's not the job of the mom the kids you know on their own uh, but it's the job of the father we're called to guide them you know into all truth and that's one practical simple way uh, is by bringing them and I know it's a sad sore subject right <laughs> Bring, bringing them to church when we're on lockdown but right now you can view you know the word of God and 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 in your living room right you can stop all the kids and what they're doing and allow them to hear what the word says and so it's a beautiful uh, setting uh, in your own home you know to, to take advantage of that Um, so uh, let's go right here. It says, children obey. By the way, this word obey, ka, ka, koawo, I forget how to spell that, but means to listen carefully to those who are in charge. Pay close attention. Take heed. Right now, we, we know that children don't, they, well they don 't listen <laughs> they, they don 't take heed right they're they 're not paying close attention now uh, we we know they 're not doing that, so normally they don 't do it why it 's because of their sinful nature. The Bible says in romans five twelve therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. And I could give a bunch of other scripture, but I think you guys get the point. For but notice in verse one it says, "For this is right, right? It's a proper course to follow in society to obey your parents, right? Um, And children, obey your parents. There's two things." that we can note about their obedience here. Number one, notice how they obey. How how do children obey their parents? Notice in verse one, the answer is in the Lord. Did you catch that? Obviously, whatever the parents ask, the children needs to line up with the word of God. And with scripture, it should never go against the word of God. If that's the case, uh, the children should say, you know, um, uh, I'll, I'll listen to God instead, right? <laughs> um, but it's in the Lord, and I love that. That word "in" uh, could also mean with or by, and so it it would say, "Children, obey your parents with the Lord," or "Children, obey your parents by the Lord." In other words, it's 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 uh, it, the work of the Spirit in the children right uh by the lord the, the lord's empowering them if you will and so your children in essence will be obeying you not by might not by power Uh, Just like Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, right? So as you raise them up in the word of God, they are going to be led by the word of God, right? Through the spirit of God. And thus, they're going to obey you, not just you. It's not, the obeying is not going to just end at you. It's going to go beyond you because they're doing it onto the Lord. Thus, they're going to be well-pleasing, not only in the sight of God, but in the sight of all men, because that's just proper, right? To obey your parents. It's a a wonderful thing. Um, But parents need to learn uh, to just tell their children, you know, really, well, not to tell their children, you know, just, you know, do this and do that. But no, they they need to tell their children how to do whatever their command is, whatever they're telling them. Don't just bark orders, you know, behind them. Go do this, go do that, right? And, And in and of themselves, they can't obey or fulfill our commands and it's only through the spirit of God in them right and so uh, how do you and I obey God it's through the spirit it's the same thing with us how does God teach us well he leads us he guides us he, he brings uh, of the comforter among us right in in this, our situations and so Romans 1 5 it says through him we have received grace And apostleship, why do we receive grace? Well, for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, right? It's not for our own sake, but for his. And so when you speak God's grace, you're talking about only the work of the Holy Spirit. It's only his work uh, that only he can do. It's not something that we can perform in and of our flesh, right? And so the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so did you guys know, by the way, there's... there's, uh, there's 613 commandments in the Old Testament alone, right? Uh, 248 do's and 365 don'ts, right? So, man, try doing that, right? <laughs> but God doesn't just leave us there. What does he do? He leads us by example, and he shows us how to perform what is good by granting us His the Holy Spirit. He grants us his grace, right, to perform what we need, uh, whatever he 's told us to do he 's going to give you enough that you need in order to perform whatever that is, and so it 's a wonderful thing so it 's the same uh the same thing we need to show grace to our children right and and uh, continue to pour out that grace to them. Um, secondly, notice why they obey. Why do our children obey? Notice in verse 1, because it's right, right? It's the righteous thing to do. And and when our kids know we love them and care about them, when we, we give our commands to them, now all of a sudden they know that that's the righteous thing to do, right? And thus they're going to obey. And so we need to be setting that example for our children um, you know, last night, I uh, I was just cleaning up the house, picking up the toys, I got the laundry, I started folding the laundry in the living room, and then the, all three kids, they just run up, and they they just automatically just started grabbing clothes, and they started folding them, not the way I would do it, but <laughs> nonetheless, they were helping me, and I thought that was so cool, because, you know, instead of me, you know, pulling out the orders all the time, like I always do, right, just just lead by example, and just sure enough, they'll follow. Might take them ten years, but you know, twenty years—I don't know—but but they will. They'll they'll fall in line. Uh, and and it, man, what a blessing that was. I was just watching them smiling, and it's, you know, it's all wrong. But I was like, it's fine. It's good. We don't need it perfect, right? It's just close. Um, but anyways, um, it, it's kind of like you know. Nah, I won't go there. Anyway, when I think about our example. Um, You're being an example, by the way, just think about that. You're an example whether you like it or not, but it's either a good example or it's a bad example. And so, you know, whatever that is in your heart. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said, Imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. And that ought to be our heart as well. Paul said in Colossians 3.20, he said, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So ask your children and say, hey, Do you want to be well-pleasing to the Lord? Yeah, I do. Well, then that's why you need to obey me, right, in whatever it is. And then they'll understand. That's a simple, practical area. But there's one verse you could use. Um, Well, let's come to the second command here. It involves honor. Honor, in verse 2, it says, Honor your father and mother. So remember, no matter what age you are, you're to honor your mother and your father. Uh, honor, to mayo, not tomato, <laughs> to mayo, uh, it means to highly esteem or to value as being precious, to reverence the Lord, to show kindness or courtesy to you, right? And so there, there are two promises if you choose to honor your parents whether you're a child even though he's talking to the children we're all children in that sense right if you have a mom and a dad Um, but there's two promises that you have from God if you choose to honor your parents in the Greek it's the mother and the father I have to point that out because our generation is so perverted and there's so many different genres, or whatever they're called, right? There's only male and female. Right here, it's only to the uh, uh, mother and the father. So, number one, it involves personal prosperity. Personal prosperity. Notice in verse 3, uh, which is the first commandment with promise, <clears throat> verse 2, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And so verse 2 uh, says it's the first commandment with promise. Very interesting. It's actually the 5th commandment that I found in Exodus 20 verse 16, but first given with a promise to really to those who obey it. You you're given a promise if you choose to obey it. And and they're going to enter into you guys remember this was Moses, you know, to the children of Israel, they're going to enter into the promised land and um and so if they honor their parents, was the idea there. And so Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So, um, by the way, speaking of obtaining worldly possessions and, um, you know, physical, tangible, financial, if you will, um, am I saying if you obey your parents, you're going to be wealthy? No. (laughs) No. But, uh, I do nonetheless, I think this is a biblical truth. And I think, you know, if you are providing for your parents, you're blessing them by honoring them financially. I do think that the Lord will bless you as well. I've seen it in my own life personally where it's like, whoa, how did that happen? Um, I remember when I was young, oh man, how old was I? I was maybe 10 years old. But I tested the Lord and I don't, I don't, the Bible says don't test the Lord, right? Uh, but I gave, all that I had. I, I did a, some, my first landscaping job, and I wanted to honor the Lord with it, right? And it was like five dollars. I don't know. It was probably two dollars, but, um, but I decided, Lord, I'm going to give you this. I'm just, Lord, here's my my act of worship. I just wanted to be like the adults, right? And and sure enough, I, I give it to the Lord through you know this little agape box thing, and, and then I walk over to the snack bar area, and some lady handed me two dollars, whatever the amount was that I gave, and she's like, "Here, the Lord put it on my heart to give this to you," and I was like, "What? <laughs> How cool is that? I just gave it away, and here the Lord's giving it right back." And I was like, "Whoa, was that a test?" <laughs> but I do, I do think that the Lord does bless us in that sense. Um, so. Um, but above that, it, it speaks spiritually. So whether you're rich, whether you're poor, notice in verse three, Paul says that it may be well with you. So no matter what state you find yourself in, it may be well with you, and that's the idea there. We we can we can say like the song says, "It is well with my soul." Right? Should get Eric back up here. <laughs> Good job, by the way, guys. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's true. You're gonna, it's going to be well with your soul. So second promise involves uh, personal longevity. Uh, notice in verse 3 it says, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. So, wow, so if you honor your parents, you will be well off. And live a long time, it's basically saying, right? This is a generational promise. Uh, principle of scripture here, or I'm sorry, a general. Live long, just basically means live long, right? It's pretty simple. Understand that this is from a, a, well, physically, but more so spiritual aspect. If you take it that way, you're going to just be blessed. And, And it's amazing how uh, the Lord gives us these promises. Uh, but let's talk about the fathers now. Let's move on here. There, there's two commands to the father. Uh, number one, do, don't do provoke. Notice in verse 4, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. The word provoke, it's only used twice in the New Testament, um, and it means uh, don't bring your children to a point of anger. Don't bring them to a point of frustration, if you will, uh, because of your purposeful actions, right? Men, we need to be guarding against this uh, be watchful in the way you tease them and making fun of them by blowing up at them right and or by placing heavy burdens on them we, we can burn them out we could break them down and and we need to guard against that temptation because it could really damage the your children and don't tease your children to the point of tears and and, and thinking well you know this is this is you know um well, that, that's my my thought process. There was don't 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 put expectations on them, right? That's the thing is we like to put expectations on them, but we can't we can't be like you know I was raised this way, and so thus you're going to be raised that way. Uh, we can't do that. We gotta. There's discernment there, and we need to use it and be careful uh, with how you do what you do in the area of provoking them uh, to anger, to wrath, right? That they might. Um, act out in anger and we know we, we're not to be acting out in anger right it's just not where the Lord's called us to be so secondly fathers don't neglect your children in verse four it says but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord so bringing them up is an interesting phrase it means nourishing them right to feed them to take care of them to Uh, provide for them, and and this not only speaks of that quality time, it speaks of that quantity of time as well. I, I understand, you know, we get up early, we leave for work, we get home late, and, you know, we're exhausted, we're stressed out, and, you know, I understand all of that, but when we are home, just like you are now, right? <laughs> you're on lockdown. It's a great time, great opportunity. But when you are home, take advantage of the opportunity uh, to to get to know your kids, right? Uh, wh- what are they doing? Spend time with them when you're home. Talk to them eye to eye. Don't just talk to them when you're watching TV or they're on a video game. Get that personal quality time with your children. Understand them. Understand how they learn and the things that they do. Our kids, you know, they're our greatest uh, ministry that we have. Our number one ministry that God's given us. They're a gift from the Lord. Um, and we need to keep them as priority, even above our own fellowship ministry. They are the ministry that God's given us. We got to keep our priorities uh, straight, and we need to be there for them. Get involved in their activities and the things that they do. It really means the world uh, to them. I know. I was raised, you know, going and playing sports, and I just remember, you know, whatever sport it was, just looking out at the stands and seeing nobody that I know. And it it hit like I didn't think it would, but it did. I was like, man, that would be nice to have they don't have to be clapping, they don't have to be doing anything. If they're just there watching. I don't for some reason it hit me. I was in high school playing hockey and uh, I just looked out, you know, I, did, I hit the goal, and I was like, yeah, I look out, <laughs> I was like, how did that happen, what's wrong with me? But, it, but I can imagine, you know, your your children need you as a father, um, and you can't just be working all day thinking, okay, I did my part because I provide financially for my children, Um you know we're living in a generation that's very deceptive and it really can lead us uh, away in thinking the way the media thinks and we got to be careful with that and only think what what does the word think right what does the word say and we got to live that way and so we got to be very careful with how we're doing things. And so how do we bring up our children? Well, here's two things for you in our text. Number one, it's by training them. Training them. Notice in verse four, it, it means to teach, to educate them, to instruct them, right? And not barking orders and saying, do this or do that. It goes beyond that, right? Uh, it's explaining to them why you want them to do what you want them to do. And it's not saying, you know, don't touch that, but it's it's saying, you know, sitting down with them and explaining, hey, if, you, if you're going to touch that, it's going to burn you, and it's really going to hurt really, really bad, so don't do that, right? It's talking about the dangers and explaining to them. Uh, and this is a must when we're when they're young, and, and taking those few extra moments, right? For some of us, man, it's only five minutes. Some people, it's an hour. Uh, whatever that amount of time is per day, it might not be the entire day, uh, but whatever amount that is take advantage of whatever it is if there's a conversation and all of a sudden it pops in your head and you're like yeah that reminds me of David and Goliath man it seems impossible but let me tell you about a story about King David right and and, and or you know whatever comes to your mind about what the word says use it as opportunity to teach your kids it's a beautiful beautiful thing um and and it's uh It's just amazing. So if that means, you know, homeschooling them or after school or whatever, nonetheless, you are to be their spiritual teacher. And it's not your pastor. It's not the youth pastor. It's not the, the school teacher, right? It's your job as a father to raise your, your, your own children. So. Um, How can we train them? How can we educate them if we don't know anything about them? So that's why it's so important. Sit down, hang out with them, go fishing, go do things, get that alone time, not just with your spouse. We, we, We went over that last week. Uh, their priority, number one, but number two is your family, your children, and get to know them, right? Ask them questions. What do you want to do? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite ice cream? What's your, right? Get to know them as much as possible. It's a beautiful thing. Um, But... we need to be the ones who are reading the word of God to our our, our families. We need to be the one teaching them and training them up. So, uh, secondly, so first by training them, verse four, but also secondly, and admonishing them in verse four. Uh, this word "admonish" means to exhort, to warn, uh, to encourage, or even. To discipline, which I thought was interesting when that popped up. I was like, huh. So, you see, once you're bringing them up, you're feeding them, you're nourishing them by training them, you're educating them in the word. And if they don't fall in line with, you know, that training, then you need to admonish them. You need to warn them. You need to encourage them, but you also need to Chastise them. That's the word, actually, that came up. But it's the same discipline. But parents, we we need to we need to chastise our children. Amen. <laughs> we need to discipline our children. But we got to be con, uh, consistent in what we do, and because they're going to walk all over you if you're not right. So we need to stand for the word. I'm not saying just whip out the belt immediately, but we got to show grace. But at the same time, uh, we we ought to admonish them. In other words, we gotta, there needs to be that chast. Chastening, if you will, um, and it's interesting because the, the Lord chastens us, because He loves us so much. The Bible says in Hebrews 12:6 it says, For whom the Lord loves, He chastens. in other words, He disciplines us, and man, I don't know about you guys, but the Lord loves me a whole bunch <laughs> If you know what I'm talking about, Uh, but since we love our kids so much, we ought to chasten them as well, right? It's just biblical. We need to encourage them, and even if that means chastening them, you know, or disciplining them, um, then that's the case. But we need to step up to the plate. Um, Otherwise, you can imagine a generation of kids that grow up that are not being disciplined, and they're in our government system. They're in our, you know, you could take it from there. But imagine that. But let's go on. Let's look at the business relationship. In verses 5 through 9, Paul talks to two people here. He talks to the servants and he talks to the masters. Uh, He says, bond servants, number one, right, to the servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, so servants here are only given one command in verse five. And by the way, that word servant means doulos, right? They're a bond servant, and and a servant, or or we would say an employee today, right? You're you're commanded to simply obey. Your boss and a slave during Paul's time in that Roman era had no rights. He had no possessions. He had no uh, will of his own. He had no. He was a slave. He couldn't do anything. Couldn't say anything. He was a slave, right? If you guys look up research, the way slaves were treated, uh, it wasn't so good. We call them employees today. Right? Um, and and did you guys know, as an employee, the only reason that you are at work is to do the will of your boss. You're master, right? That's really why you're hired to do what you're hired to do, right? And so, no matter how he wants it, when he wants it, or what he wants, I, I don't care if you like it, dislike it, or, you know, you don't agree with him or not, hey, uh, remember, you're there to do the work of the master, right? And In other words, we're there to work on to Jesus, but at the same time, we're there to work for the boss, for, we, 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 you know, you don't work, you don't eat. So, um, Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it says, saying, "Father, if it is your will," Jesus said, "take this cup away from me." Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And I can apply that in the in the work area as well. It's a good prayer when things get really tough. Lord, not my will. I want to get out of this, but Lord, it's not my will. It's your will. If this is what your will is, you know, change my heart. Be with me, but here I here I am. And you might say, you know, well, you don't know what he's asking me to do. After all, I have a degree. I have a suit and a tie, right? And he wants me to go back there in that warehouse and, and just start stacking boxes back there. Are you kidding me? I have a degree. I mean, look at me. Well, we need to be careful if you have that attitude uh, because those that are working back there, if they hear you, you know, you know what I mean? It's just... There's, there's got to be humility there. We, we got to be content with wherever we are, wherever the Lord's guide, guided us to. Uh, there's jobs that I've had, and I was asked to do the job the wrong way, even though I had the skills in that profession, whatever it was. And, and they, they, they said, no, I want you to do it this way. Yes, sir. Right? You're the boss. I'm not the boss. I'm getting paid to do what they're telling me to do, so I'm just going to do it their way, even though it's the wrong way, and I know it's going to take an extra four hours to do this job, but hey, that's the way they want it. That's the way they're going to get it, and I'm still doing that, by the way, and in certain jobs that I do, and um, it's it's crazy. <laughs> You're like, wait, a drill needs to be pushed this way, and you don't get a drill and do this, right, to turn that screw. It's, some people, you know, they, it's like, ugh. But anyways... Um, so Paul brings up two areas in this whole area of servants being obedient to their masters. Uh, It involves, number one, external obedience. Notice in verse five, he says, with fear and trembling. So our obedience needs to be out of respect, right? And, And externally, we need to be obedient to our employers. And so as a believer, our obedience goes past Uh, the external to the internal, and don't be a, don't be a clock watcher, right, when it, you know, watching the clock, you know, and, uh, you know, from, we got to obey from the heart, right, that as employees, uh, we need to serve our employer, right, as if we're serving Christ, and and we're, we're going to serve the Lord. And we we can't be lazy on the job. There's some people, I've been to jobs where they just sit down, they're eating chips, they're on their phone, right? And you're just like, what in the world? And then the boss comes around, then all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> right? they're doing their job, and it's like, wow, man, that guy, right? Don't be that guy. You work beyond your boss onto the Lord, and if that's the case, there's a reward, and that's going to bring us to the next one. But I, I'm not—I can't believe I said that. I gave you guys the the answer. Oh man, let's come to the second thing. So, number one, it, it, it involves external obedience. Number two, it involves internal obedience. In verse five, notice it says, "In sincerity of heart as to Christ." So, our attitude is equally important to our actions as well right so it's not only doing the deed but it's doing it with the right heart it's doing it with the right motive and this is further amplified in verse six and seven it says not with eye service as men pleasers but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men so it 's not about putting on a good show you know when the supervisor comes around um, look, notice in verse six and seven, but it says "From the heart, so our servants our are, 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 uh, our service our obedience needs to come from our heart right uh and, and and not just to the boss you know externally, but to our our boss right internally and why well, turn with me to Colossians. Um, chapter 3, to your right, Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, Paul says to the church of uh, Colossae, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against each other, uh, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, get ready for this, in word or deed, whatever it is, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So why is that so important uh, you know, to work unto the Lord and not to man? Well, because when you do it unto the Lord, you're going to receive a reward from the Lord. If you're doing it unto man, man, it's never going to be good enough, is it? Right? There's not going to be enough pat on the backs. So there's not going to be, it's never going to be acceptable, if you will, in our hearts. Uh, but if it's unto the Lord, there's a reward. And look back at Ephesians chapter 6, look back at verse 8. Um, it says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Man, verse 8, this is huge, right? Whatever you do, do it right from the heart, right? God sees your heart. Um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, it says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him, To whom we must give accounts. So when you're doing it to the Lord, you'll be doing it a better job than anybody else. And that, that ought to be the case, right? If you're a Christian, do it with all your might. And it doesn't matter if you're shoveling up rock or if you're in the restroom, cleaning up a, a poopy restroom, right? It's like, oh. You want to complain because of the job, but if you're doing it from a right heart, when you first enter into that room, you're ready to do whatever it is, right, onto the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing. So uh, the work is the purpose that you're there, but uh, not just the work, it's beyond the work. Why? Why are we even here on earth? It's not to go to work and go back home with your families, it's to preach the gospel, Right? Uh, that the, the, we got, we ought to shine our lights, right? So that the world might see and they would glorify the Lord. They'll see our works that we do, but they'll see not just the work, but they'll see the heart of the work. And they'll look and they'll say, hey, mister, right? When things are going crazy in your life, they're going to look and see how you handle those things. And then they're going to ask you a reason. Why do you have the hope that you have? What is this that you, where do you go to church, right? And, and now you have opportunity to share with him hey Jesus changed my heart I believe that you know he died he rose again and I I committed my life onto the Lord and I repented of my sin I turned away from the the things that I thought were amazing and good But really, it was pleasing the flesh, and now I've learned it's like a whole new life, and they're hearing this for the first time, and it's like, whoa! And now they want to follow, because they've been following darkness all their life, but you're a light, right? A light draws, you know, everything close, and it just, there's something about it It's just attractive, It's, it's amazing. Um... It's, it's beautiful. So our heart needs to be there. So don't just work for the paycheck. Man, work for your reward in heaven. And, and, uh, Jesus is our reward. If you guys really think about it, our relationship with Jesus, I mean, to me, that, I, I'm content with just that. That's enough for me. But on top of that, we're getting more than that. And it's like, wait, we, we, I'm not talking about more than Jesus. He is, our reward if he gives us anything else that's like you know that's just anything else but I mean he ought to be our top number one priority right and and uh you you got to be we got to be satisfied in Jesus right in him being our reward right now there's a lot of people satisfied in their stimulus checks coming in the mail or in deposited and I haven't got mine yet so I'm not but um, man, we, we, we gotta have that expectation toward the Lord that a lot of people have. Have you guys noticed that? It's like there's an urgency and they're checking their bank accounts and they're like, did it come? Did it come? Did it come? <laughs> right? And, and man, imagine having that with looking up. Right, Lord, you coming? You coming? You coming? You coming? Right? Be ready. Be 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 ready. And it's just—it's so good. But if you plan on getting your reward from men, just remember, it's never going to be enough. You'll never be satisfied because you're working from the flesh onto flesh, and it's just not going to work out. So let's come to the the masters. We we looked at the servants in verses five through eight. And in verse 9, he addresses the masters with really one command. uh, And the one and only command for the masters is actually the exact same command for the servants. Uh, It says, And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. So, if you're a boss, whatever you're telling your employees to do, you need to be willing to do that yourself, right? Never give up a, an employee a command. Uh, To do something that you yourself are not willing to do, right? Never never do that. Do do the same, right? You treat them how you want to be treated. And there's two things that are involved with that, right here. There's two participles, if you will, that tells us uh, what's involved in being obedient to this command uh, to the masters. Uh, Number one, it involves threatening. Notice in verse 9, giving up threatening. So God doesn't threaten us. We shouldn't threaten our employees, right? If you want your employee to be your servant, you need to be a servant yourself. Uh, Be like Jesus. He said in Matthew chapter 20, verse uh, 28, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So don't forget, you are second. In command, if you are in this position, and and must one day give an account unto the Lord, and so that's you need to consider that you need to take heed to that. Treat your employees as if you would be treating Christ, and you'll do fine. Right, do it unto the Lord. Uh, and the Lord sees that. Secondly, uh, it involves partiality. Notice it says, knowing, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So, hey, Jesus doesn't show partiality toward men, neither should we, right? Don't show partiality in your family relationship, neither do it in your business relationship. And I understand some treat their kids a little different, right? You might have a prodigy child, and you might have a project child, right? you just treat them a little differently there's discernment there uh, but uh, it's the same at the workplace you see what the need is and who's qualified to do that and and thus you know you do your, the job but of course you work hard you're diligent you're faithful uh, and if that's the case you're going to get promoted right and and that's a good thing but that's not showing partiality that's not what, what Paul's talking about here partiality <clears throat> Is when somebody gets a raise when they're not supposed to get a raise because they're a family member, they're a friend, you know, they, they go golfing with them, they go play racquetball with them, or whatever the case might be. All of a sudden, they got a raise and they're not even working that hard as so and so is, right? So that's partiality, and that's not right. But understand this in the marriage relationship in, in Ephesians chapter five, verses twenty-two to verse uh, to verse thirty. Uh, three, in the family relationship in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, in the business relationship, verses 5 through uh, 9, there's unity and harmony come as we walk submissively one to another. And if that's the case, we are going to have that unity. We're going to have that harmony. And man, have you guys ever been to a a, a job where there's just that unity? There's just that harmony of one another. It's just, it's like you're in heaven, right? It's just, for me, that's how I, I feel when I'm at church. It's just that you let your guard down, man. You can say whatever you want and it's just like, woo, I'm free. There's no one there to be like, hey, blah, 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 right? And you don't, you know, when you get that feeling of blah, 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 it's that, heaviness, and you come to work every day, and it's like, ugh, you just feel loaded, and you know, it's it's a dirty, horrible feeling. Uh, But if you do these things, you apply this in your heart as working hard onto the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, right? Put everything into it by giving it onto the Lord in your heart through your attitude. You're going to be glorifying God. There's going to be a reward for you, not just here on earth, but in heaven as well. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But there's going to be that unity, and that's something to fight for, Right? There's going to be that harmony, and if you're not fighting for it, and you're wondering where is it, well, you got to do something just like we talked about the children of Israel, right they couldn't enter into that promised land. they had to do what? If you honor your parents right then right and and so very interesting um, in Ephesians chapter five verse eighteen, don't forget. It's, we need to be filled with the Spirit. And this is the only way we can obey these commands. It's not, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, right? No, it's you be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Well, stay in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And the more we hear the Word of God, our faith is going to be increased. And if that's the case... Man, you you stay with the Lord. Stay in prayer. Stay in the word. And, and watch and see what the Lord might do. Pray. You, you don't receive because you don't ask. Pray and ask the Lord. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Allow me to be filled with your spirit that I might live for you today. Give up every morning when you wake up and give in to what God's plan is for your life that day. Lord, how can you use me? It could be the the guy just dropping off mail, and all of a sudden, a couple words, boom, just changed his life, and you had no clue. It was because you were willing and available at that moment and God did a work with you and you didn't even, you didn't even know. <laughs> but I pray that that's the, what God does with me, right? Where I'm like, just do, 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 and yet God's doing a work, right? And I, that's, that's amazing. So it's not a work that comes naturally to us and we got to keep that in mind. We can't do it ourselves. It has to be a work of the Lord working in and through our hearts. And he's gonna because he loves you. Thus, he's going to put you through the trials. We sing that song, Refiner's Fire... And and uh, we want to be pleasing to the Lord, but he's going to put us through that refiner's fire because he wants to test us. But don't worry, it's going to be wow with our soul, right? It's wow. Through the midst of the fire, it's wow. It's wow with my soul because your soul is safe in his hands. He's got you. He's got the whole world, right? He's in control and he knows what he's doing. So um, let's stand. If you're at home, sit down. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> it's, Let's uh, let's pray, and let's give this night to the Lord, and I pray you guys are encouraged and challenged. Um, I know I wasn't just reading through it. It's very simple, yet it's a good reminder uh, as to where our hearts should be, so let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. We pray that you would help us to continue to understand your word. Lord, that you would grant us wisdom, and uh, um, Lord, that discernment that only you can give. I pray that you would... Pour out your grace upon our lives, Father. Help us to be filled with your spirit, Lord, that we might be pleasing in your sight, that we might honor you, that we might honor our parents, that we might be uh, a light to this world, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Equip us in your word and send us out, Father. Allow us to be used by you, that you might do mighty things through our lives. And uh, we just thank you, Father, that you're able to do that work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Another. And if that's the case, we are going to have that unity. We're going to have that harmony. And man, have you guys ever been to a, a, a job where there's just that unity? There's just that harmony of one another. It's just, it's like you're in heaven, right? It's just, for me, that's how I, I feel when I'm at church. It's just that you let your guard down, man. You can say whatever you want, and it's just like, woo, I'm free. There's no one there to be like, hey, blah, 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 right? And you don't, you know, when you get that feeling of blah, 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 it's that heaviness, and you come to work every day, it's like, ugh, you just feel loaded and, you know, it's, it's a dirty, horrible feeling. Um, but if you do these things, you apply this in your heart as working hard onto the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, right? Put everything into it by giving it onto the Lord in your heart, through your attitude, you're going to be glorifying God. There's going to be a reward for you, not just here on earth, but in heaven as well. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But there's going to be that unity, and that's something to fight for, right? There's going to be that harmony. And if you're not fighting for it, And you're wondering, where is it? Well, you got to do something. Just like we talked about, the children of Israel, right? They couldn't enter into that promised land. They had to do what? If you honor your parents, right, then right and and so very interesting um in ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 don't forget it's we need to be filled with the spirit and this is the only way we can obey these commands it's not i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this right no it's you be filled with the holy spirit how do you do that well stay in the word of god faith comes by hearing the word of god and the more we hear the word of god our faith is going to be increased and if that's the case Man, you you stay with the Lord, stay in prayer, stay in the word, and and watch and see what the Lord might do. Pray. You, you don't receive because you don't ask. Pray and ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Allow me to be filled with your spirit that I might live for you today. Give up every morning when you wake up and give in to what God's plan is for your life that day. Lord, how can you use me? It could be the, the, the guy just dropping off mail and all of a sudden, a couple words, boom, just changed his life and you had no clue. It was because you were willing and available at that moment and God did a work with you and you didn't even, you didn't even know. <laughs> but I pray that that's the, what God does with me, right? Where I'm like, just do, 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 and yet God's doing a work, right? And I, that's, that's amazing. So it's not a work that comes naturally to us and we gotta keep that in mind. We can't do it ourselves. It has to be a work of the Lord working in and through our hearts. And he's going to, because he loves you. Thus, he's going to put you through the trials. He, right, we sing that song, Refiner's Fire. And, and uh, we want to be pleasing to the Lord, but he's going to put us through that refiner's fire because he wants to test us. But don't worry, it's going to be wow well with our soul, right? It's wow. Well. Through the midst of the fire, it's wow. Well. Wow. It's well with my soul, because your soul is safe in his hands. He's got you. He's got the whole world, right? He's in control, and he knows what he's doing. So um, let's stand. If you're at home, sit down. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's pray, and let's give this night to the Lord. And I pray you guys are encouraged and challenged. Um, I know I wasn't just reading through it. It's very simple, yet it's a good reminder uh, as to where our hearts should be. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. We pray that you would help us to continue to understand your word. Lord, that you would grant us wisdom. And uh, um, Lord, that discernment that only you can give. I pray that you would pour out your grace upon our lives, Father. Help us to be filled with your spirit. Lord, that we might be pleasing in your sight, that we might honor you, that we might honor our parents, that we might be uh, a light to this world, Lord, Lord. Teach us, Lord, equip us in your word, and send us out, Father. Allow us to be used by you, that you might do mighty things through our lives. And uh, we just thank you, Father, that you're able to do that work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.